The scripture this morning is from Proverbs 1, 1 through 7, um, then Proverbs 9, 13 through 18, and finally Proverbs 3, 13 through 18. Um, you can follow along in your Bibles or in your worship guide. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands ob obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will, make known my, I will make my words known to you. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding for the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. This is the word of the Lord. It is absolutely true and given to us in love. Um, my name is Harrison. I'm pastor here at Hope Chapel, and if I haven't met you yet, I'd love to meet you. Um, this year, our, our theme as a church has been cultivating shalom. Uh, shalom is a word that means life as it was always meant to be by God, life to the fullest, life as it was in the Garden of Eden, and life as it will be in heaven. And that life, that shalom, broke into the world uh, through the Prince of Peace, Prince of Shalom, Jesus and what he called the kingdom of heaven. And now as his followers, we have the privilege of cultivating that shalom in all the various spheres of our life, advancing his kingdom until he returns. And we just uh, went through a series on the Beatitudes of Jesus, a sermon where Jesus described what shalom looked like for a disciple of his in our world. Uh, in a sinful, fallen, upside-down world, uh, the Beatitudes located shalom on our map, but it was in the opposite direction of what the world would have told us. Uh, Jesus kind of turns our map to Shalom upside down. He says, Shalom is, is not up here, it's actually down here. It's spiritual poverty, not spiritual richness. 
It's mourning our sin. It's not proudly celebrating. It's meekness, not vying for power. It's hungering and thirsting for righteousness, not being full. So we found where Shalom was located. And, and now we're looking at the Proverbs to not learn the map anymore, um, but to learn how to sail our ship towards Shalom in our practical, gritty, everyday life. Uh, you face a lot of different sailing challenges in your daily life. How do I handle my friendships? How do I handle my money, my job, my words, my anger? How do I handle my wounding and my pain? How do I handle my joy? How do I handle criticism from my boss? How do I handle conflict with my aging parent? How do I find true life when I'm sitting in my living room, when I'm in the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A, when I'm on the phone, when I'm mowing my lawn, when I'm laying in bed at 11 o'clock trying to fall asleep? How do I sail my ship towards shalom in my everyday life? That's what Proverbs is about. Proverbs is, is under the category of wisdom literature. Uh, wisdom's different than other types of knowledge in the Bible. Um, certain other kinds of knowledge can be more like IQ, intellectual knowledge, data, book smarts, uh, you might say. Wisdom is more EQ, emotional intelligence. It's uh, street smarts. You see this difference all the time in our world that some people uh, you run into have a lot, uh, very high IQ about various topics. They can run a major tech company, uh, they can manage a major hedge fund, they make great breakthroughs in theoretical physics, they invent something that changes the world, and yet the same person uh, makes a huge mess of their marriage, make a big mess of their friendships, their sex life, they can't handle their emotions. Their words spew out from their mouth without any filter. There are people out there with a lot of IQ, but not a lot of wisdom or EQ. This uh, can be true in the Christian context as well. Um, You have Christians who love studying the Bible, who love reading dense theology, who can tell you about Trinitarian heresies and historical doctrines, and they have PhDs and write books and papers. You can have all the informational knowledge and IQ, but who nonetheless make a huge mess of their lives. They don't know how to interact with other human beings. They're constantly in conflict with others. They're hypercritical. They don't know how to handle their emotional life. So as Christians, we can know that map to Shalom really well. We can be able to redraw the entire thing from memory and have no idea how to get our little boat to sail in the direction that we want it to go. All IQ, but no wisdom. So thankfully, the Bible knows about this. Uh, It has four books. Proverbs, Job, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon, four books which focus on wisdom specifically. They focus on you having the skill and the art to navigate your ship in the everyday gritty life towards Shalom. So my sermon today is going to be an intro into Proverbs uh, and wisdom in general. Uh, And I need to say this sermon and whole series has been greatly impacted by a professor that I had in seminary um, and his teaching on the Proverbs, which I sat under and was really... Uh, changed my life. And his name is Zach Eswine. He's a pastor in St. Louis. And I just want to give credit uh, where it's due to him. So uh, in this sermon, I'm going to summarize the, the first nine chapters of Proverbs is an intro to the book. And I'm going to summarize what's in there. And th- those chapters are trying to answer three questions uh, for us about wisdom. Uh, the first question is, what is wisdom? Proverbs depicts wisdom as a path or a trail that you walk on. Uh, what is wisdom? Wisdom's a path. What is it? Um, second, what is the end of the path of wisdom? Uh, where are you headed when you're on this path? Uh, what's the goal, the destination? And then third, what's the beginning of the path of wisdom? 
So how do you, how do you start on that? How do you get there? Where's the trailhead? So what is wisdom? Where's the end of the path of wisdom? What's the beginning of the path? That's where we're going today. And first, uh, let me pray for us. Father, um, we need wisdom uh, desperately. Uh, Lord, there's so many things that we, we know in our head but can't do in our lives. Uh, we see our hands um, disobeying what our minds want them to do. Um, teach us, Lord, how to, how to live wise lives. Teach us what wisdom is. Teach us how to get on that path today. Motivate us to get on that path, Lord. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So first, uh, what is wisdom? Uh, I'm going to read from Proverbs 4.11. So uh, some of these texts are going to be in your bulletin. Some are not. This is one of the ones that's not in your bulletin. But you can, if you have a Bible, Proverbs 4.11, or you can just listen. Um, path. When you walk on this path, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Don't go down it. Turn away from it and pass on. And then down to verse 26 in chapter 4. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be secure. Do not swerve to the right or to the, or to the left. Do not turn your foot away from evil. Or tur- sorry, turn your foot away from evil. So according to, to Proverbs, this, this section, your life that you live has various paths. Each morning when you're eating your bowl of cereal, you're listening to the radio in your car, you're hanging by the water cooler with a coworker. Uh, you are walking in your mind and heart a path. That path has a beginning. It's got certain characteristics along the way, and it has an end. One path that you can walk is the path of wisdom. These verses uh, were stating that this path is a good path. It's the one that you want to be on. Uh, you're not going to fall and hurt yourself on this path. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. But Proverbs is clear. There are countless temptations every day for you to um, go to the right or to the left, to shift to a different path. There are three other paths, according to Proverbs, that it uh, lays out that you might take. I'm going to summarize these paths. With, uh, these are a lot of different Proverbs kind of smashed together into a summary for you. Um, the first other path you could take is the path of the simple or the naive person. A person on the simple path doesn't consider the path he or she walks at all. She doesn't take time to think deeply about the questions of life. Uh, she wants to have fun and feel good and fit in and go with the flow. So she's multiple. She believes everything most people says, uh, say. Uh, she's not uh, discerning. Um, she might have a philosophy of life that's pieced together by a bunch of bumper sticker philosophies and simple slogans she saw on social media. Concerning other people in her life, uh, she's not discerning either. She believes the best of everyone. So she's pretty gullible and naive, and all of this makes her unprepared when the real danger that lurks in a fallen world comes in. Robbers come and say, come this way, throw in your lot with us. Bread stolen is sweet. It'll be great. You'll love it. She says, okay, sounds good. Gossip comes out of the woods and says, you won't believe what I heard about Sandra and what she did with Terry. And she'll say, no, tell me. The greedy calls out from the thicket, come over here. Check out this new kitchen. Check out these new shoes. Bring your money. She says, okay, great. The sluggard whispers, come, let's binge watch a few seasons. Drain your whole day away. Let's escape for a while. She says, finally. 
The adulterer comes by and his lips drip with honey. His words are smoother than oil and says, come into my room. My wife is gone. We have all night. And she has pulled along. Naively, she goes in smiling along the path of the simple. She hopes she's going to Shalom. She doesn't know that the dead are at the end of the path. The guests of that path are suffering. They're in the ground in the depths of Sheol. That's the path of the simple. Another path is the path of the fool. Uh, uh, A person on the path of the fool is best described as a stubborn idiot. Uh, He thinks he is really wise. He's almost sure he's always right. Uh, Everyone knows, though, that he's wrong most of the time. And no one can tell him any different. Criticism always leads to defensiveness and a heated argument with him. It's hard to get a word in, though. He's he's a loud talker. He fills every room with his words, and they're not profound words. Uh, He doesn't care about understanding things, only expressing his opinion. Because of this confidence, he expresses every emotion and thought as soon as it comes to him. And it leads to a bunch of misunderstanding and quarreling and fighting between him and others. The person on this path, the foolish path, leaves a lot of destruction in his wake. It's better to meet a mother bear robbed of her cubs than a fool in his folly. Nonetheless, he's committed to his path. No one can pull him off of it. And so the danger gets to him too. The the robbers, the gossips, the adulterers, the the sluggards. He goes along with them. He doesn't know, though, that the end of his path, the dead are there. He walks towards his own self-sabotage of his life stubbornly and proudly. That's the path of the fool. The last path, the third path, is the path of the scoffer. The person on this path is an intentionally wicked person, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Unlike the fool or the simple, the scoffer does ponder his path. He calculates it in his heart and he unashamedly chooses evil. He plans out sin way ahead of time. He plans to hurt and to abuse others. He takes pleasure in that hurting. He loves being around strife and quarreling. He needs it to have any meaning or fun in his life. He comes in wanting to set the city on fire, Proverbs says. He mocks and scoffs at God's people, at God's judgment, and at God himself. He walks down his path, but he doesn't know that he will face God. At the end of his path, the dead are there. That's the path of the scoffer or the mocker. So the three paths that you can take each day according to Proverbs, the path of the simple, the path of the fool, and the path of the scoffer, as opposed to the path of the wise. I wonder uh, which path you might find yourself on this morning. You might notice as we go through this series that you're on one path most of the time. Maybe you realize that I've approached almost all of life from the simple path up until right now. I've never thought much about wisdom or why I do what I do or where my path is heading or that place might be truly good for me. Maybe you notice during this series I walk different paths depending upon the situation. Maybe you notice you're on the wise path with your money. I I think through my budget really carefully and deeply in light of God's commands. But on the other hand, I've been on the simple path with my attention. I let my attention wander wherever. Uh, For five hours a day, I'm on my phone just being led wherever the algorithm wants to take me to ads, to gossip, to lust, who knows. Maybe you find yourself on the foolish path when it comes to critique. Can you believe what they said about me and that criticism? That was so offensive. They don't know anything about me or my job. Maybe you're on the scoffing path with a sin pattern. Maybe a sexual sin. I know it's wrong and I don't care. I'm doing it anyways. I'm planning on it. 
So you can be on one path a lot of the time, or you can take different paths with each decision. Moreover, Proverbs says that you will encounter others today walking each of these paths. Some simple, some foolish, some scoffers, some wise. And Proverbs would be very, have you be very discerning when you engage with them. Which path are they inviting you onto? And which path are you inviting them to? This is a picture of the world uh, from the view of Proverbs. As we walk along our paths, all the while, Proverbs says in verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 20, in your bulletins is there, uh, Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. How long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. And again in chapter 9, verse 4, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come and eat my bread, drink the wine I've mixed, leave your simple ways and live. Walk in the way of insight. So as we walk these other paths, the path of wisdom calls out to us. Turn in here. Leave your ways and live. First thing we learn about wisdom here is that it's a path that we walk on. It's one of many and we must choose a path each day in each situation. Now the next obvious question is where is this path of wisdom heading? Every time that I choose a trail or a hike uh, for me or my family, I, li- I like to look at Google and see the pictures of where that trail leads. Uh, there's some nice waterfalls or caves along this trail. Is there a nice view at the end? Is this going to a mountain peak? Uh, if we walk the path of wisdom, where will we end up? And the second point. The end of the path of wisdom. This is uh, Proverbs 3.13. You can look, follow along in your bulletin. It's the last uh, passage in there. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her, wisdom, is better than gain from silver and her profit is better than gold. She's more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. So according to Proverbs, uh, wisdom is the most important thing of all the things to acquire in your life. Wisdom is the most important thing of all the things to acquire in your life. Nothing else you seek will be more important than wisdom. Imagine you went down a trail today after church, uh, found a trail, and at the end of it, there was an X on the ground. As you should do with any X on the ground, you dig uh, down deep, and you find a treasure chest of gold and silver and precious jewels. It belonged to a uh, pirate long dead, Blackbeard, and now it's yours. Um, you, you cash this in, and your bank account suddenly becomes the same as that of Elon Musk. All right? You're not worth millions. You're worth billions of dollars. How do you think your life would change today? How would you feel inside? Would you celebrate? Would your family celebrate? What would you do for lunch today? Maybe eat out? Uh, maybe a nicer place than usual? What changes would you want to make immediately to your house, your car, your friends' lives, your parents' lives, your kids' lives? What organizations would flourish as a result of your new net worth? Maybe Hope Chapel. Um, <laughs> Proverbs says, uh, yeah, that would change a lot. And yet, there are many of the deeper things about your life it would not fix or improve in the slightest. Like how you interact with others, how you view yourself, how you deal with conflict, 
how you handle your pain, how you use your words, your anger, how you make decisions, and many other central components to your life. There are many wealthy, dysfunctional, sad people out there. Now imagine a different scenario. Um, a fool comes down the same path, who is poor in regards to wisdom, finds a different ex, and in this uh, treasure chest at the bottom of the hole is uh, a different thing. It doesn't have money. It has the book of Proverbs, a treasure chest of wisdom. And he takes out the, the book and soaks it in. He downloads, downloads it to his brain like in the Matrix, you know, just soaks it all in, applies it to the bank account of his life. Suddenly, uh, this man who used to talk over others, who was demanding and selfish, couldn't take criticism, had no self-awareness, was angry and raged and fought with his wife and his kids, who had no self-control with his sexuality, who was slothful, who was arrogant. Suddenly, he comes home and his wife says, where have you been? I was worried sick. And she braces for the explosion of defensiveness and anger, but instead of him blowing up for the first time in their marriage, he says, I'm so sorry. You're right. And then he listens intently to her. He asks questions to draw out the deepest parts of hurt in her. He tears up at her pain. He is sensitive and plans to make changes to his life based on her feedback. In the midst of it, he's totally in control of his emotions and anger. His wounding is no longer in the driver's seat of his life. He is gentle with his words. He, he begins walking towards Shalom and leading her towards it. And eventually, he's leading his family and his church and his city on the path to Shalom, life as God made it to be. Proverbs is saying, the treasure chest of wisdom will impact your life far more than a billion dollars ever could. The treasure chest of wisdom will impact the lives of those around you far more than your billion dollars ever could. Do you know that this morning? The passage continues, uh, chapter 3, verse 16. Long life is in wisdom's right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. All her paths are peace, meaning shalom. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. These are descriptions, a picture of the end of the path. The benefits of wisdom, not in heaven, but in this life. Long life, riches, honor, pleasantness, and shalom. Proverbs is making the bold claim that wisdom is the key to everything that you've always dreamed of. A full, good, long, happy life. Life as it was always meant to be. Life as it was in the Garden of Eden. Notice the tree of life itself from the garden is at the end of this path. Showing up uh, showing you your way back to this place, back into the garden. This shalom, this tree of life can show up in your living room this week. It can show up for you as you sit at your desk in AP chemistry. The Garden of Eden can come back into your life if you're walking the path of wisdom. This is why nothing else you desire in this world can compare with wisdom because of where it's going to lead you. You pursue all kinds of things each day, I'm sure. Money, advancement in your job, knowledge, pleasures, fancy foods, new gadgets, entertainment. But do you pursue wisdom? The tree of life is at the end of the path. So to Proverbs, 
This obviously means we must seek wisdom with everything we have. It says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight, if you raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then wisdom will come into your heart. Knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil. And that's Proverbs 2. Prize her highly, it says, and she will exalt you. So the destination at the end of the path of wisdom is nothing less than access to full life. Life as it was meant to be. And so nothing else in your life is more important than finding this. Now I want to um, mention a caveat that you might be wondering about. Uh, what Proverbs is addressing is the pain and brokenness in our lives due to our own folly, naivete, and poor decision making. Which, which is most of it. It's a, lot of, a lot of the pain in our lives comes from that. But there's other pain and brokenness, uh, Proverbs acknowledges, that come from the outside. Other people's hurtful decisions, hurricanes, floods, the effects of living in a fallen world. Your gaining wisdom won't cure those pains. So shalom, full shalom for us, even according to Proverbs, still awaits us in heaven. But wisdom will change, number one, how you respond to those. But also Proverbs is promising, even with that outside pain, if you embrace Wisdom, if you stop your own self-sabotage of your life, the tree of life will come in view for you, even still this side of heaven. You will taste long life, riches, honor, pleasantness, and peace in this life with wisdom. So that's, that's the end of the path, the tree of life. So we saw wisdom is like a path. It's one of many that we can walk, and it has a beginning and an end. We saw, too, the end of the path is something we want and need badly more than anything else. It's uh, full life. And then lastly, the final question is, how do we get onto this path? Um, you've convinced me. Let's go. Uh, where's the trailhead? If I'm on another path, I find myself walking another one. How do I switch? Uh, how do I switch paths? So let's look back at the beginning of Proverbs, uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 2. And this is the first passage in your bulletin. To know uh, wisdom and instruction... To understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing and righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Skip down to verse 7. How do we do all those things? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. It repeats this phrase a lot in Proverbs. Again, in Proverbs 9:10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So, so this phrase, that the fear of the Lord, um, is the beginning, but what is the fear of the Lord? The, the Bible uses this phrase a lot. Um, behind that word fear is a Hebrew word that doesn't translate great in English. You might think of fear and think of a horror movie. Uh, you might envision something evil trying to destroy you, but that's not what uh, this is talking about. This word means something more like overwhelming awe. It's a combination of reverence, respect, and fearful trepidation at someone or something immensely massive, powerful, and also good and beautiful. Think about uh, the sun. The sun is vital to our existence. It gives us light and energy and heat that allows us to live. It's the epitome of good for life. We wouldn't be here without it. And yet, I wouldn't get much closer to it than we are now. Uh, the sun is incredibly massive, blisteringly hot, it shoots off these solar prominences, big flares of fire that could destroy us in a heartbeat. 
we're teetering on just the right distance, dodging these flares only by the grace of God, while Venus is a thousand degrees. Even from here, you can't even look at the sun for longer than a few seconds without going blind. I have a, a healthy fear and awe and respect for the sun. I'm a big sunscreen and sunglasses kind of guy. But if the Bible's true, there is one who holds the sun in his hand. Says, oh, that's cute. There is one who made the sun by a word of his mouth. There is one who spoke words and all space, time, and matter came shooting out an explosion of creation. Any fear that we have of the sun should be very much dwarfed by our fear of this being who made it, the creator God. So all throughout the Bible, there's this phrase, the fear of the Lord, and it's a, it's a healthy respect and awe and reverence for the creator God. Now Proverbs is using this idea, but it's using it in regards to wisdom. It's referring to having a healthy awe and respect for God's wisdom particularly. And this is the key to how we get on the path to shalom. Um, this is what Proverbs says in 8.22. Uh, this is not in your bulletin, but um, it's wisdom personified. It's talking here. Uh, it says, uh, Proverbs 8.22, the Lord possessed me wisdom at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there was no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman. I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. Proverbs is saying everything you see around you, the earth, the sky, the waters, every living creature, everything you see was made by God's wisdom, like a master workman. God's wisdom is responsible for every atom in our universe. It dreamed each one up and formed it. It wrote out every law of nature that you experience. It designed every system in your body. It imagined every dynamic of personal interaction between people. It foreknew the entire story of humanity, every civilization, every person and family, every technological advancement. The iPhone 14 or 21 or wherever we're at is not a surprise to God and his wisdom. God and his wisdom thought up the whole setting and story in which you find yourself. So you want to know how to do well at work this week? Well, work was God's idea. He created the concept of work, and all the stuff involved with it, success and power and efficiency. You want to know how to have a friendship? Friendship was God's idea. He made the whole thing up in his mind, thought through every piece of it. It's here because of him. You want to know how to have a marriage and family? God's ideas. You want to know how to deal with your thoughts, your emotions, your words? Also God's ideas. He founded them with wisdom. And that wisdom is crying out to you. You can come get it. You can possess it. The very wisdom upon which the entire world and universe were founded. This is the fear of the Lord in regards to wisdom. It's seeing every minuscule detail and situation of your life as founded on and infused with God's wisdom. And this view of life leads us to the trailhead, the beginning of the path of wisdom. And the Proverbs intro leaves us with two practical steps to take to get ourselves to this beginning of the trail. Uh, what do I do to fear the Lord today and start walking the path of wisdom? First thing, 
Proverbs 3, 5 says, don't lean on your own understanding. So I uh, went to seminary and got two degrees over five years, a master's of divinity, a master's of counseling. Uh, each of those are three years long, and I smashed them together in five years. And that means during that time, I was blasted with information like with a fire hose, you know, just like um, way too much. My knowledge of the Bible and of life was able to grow quickly. Um, I got to see more than ever God's true purpose for the things in my life, what true goodness can actually look like. It's way up here. It's beautiful. I got better at talking about it and sharing that vision with uh, others. And though I grew in this informational kind of knowledge and some wisdom too, there are still many places years later I'm trying to sail my little boat to those places and I realize I don't really know how to do this. I see it, especially trying to teach my little kids things. Like trying to teach them how to control their words. Later that day, I see words flying out of my mouth uncontrollably. I wish I could put them back in, but I can't. It's too late. And actually, Walden, my daughter, I don't really know how to do this fully, <laughs> to be honest. Or trying to teach them how to handle big emotions in a healthy way. And then later that day, I'm overwhelmed and eating ice cream in the kitchen. They can't see me <laughs> eating the ice cream, trying to make myself feel better. Or I'm trying to teach them how to rely on the Lord consistently in the ups and downs of their life. But realizing I only teach them on the days when I'm relying on the Lord and those days aren't consistent. So many days I'm trying to sail my little ship and I feel in my bones, I don't think I know how to do this. And Proverbs would grab hold of that moment and say, yes, you don't know. It would hold that moment and then it would expand it out to every situation in my life and say, you in and of yourself do not know how to sail your ship to Shalom. You didn't design this ship. You didn't write the manual. You didn't design the seas. You didn't place the stars. You can't do it, not on your own. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't be wise in your own eyes. In every part of your life, even the places you feel most equipped, you don't know enough. That's the first step to the path of wisdom is realizing we should not lean on our own understanding. Second step uh, we take on the path of wisdom is, is the second part of that Proverbs 3.5. It says, uh, don't lean on, on your understanding. Trust the Lord with all your heart. So when you realize you don't know how to handle the things in your life, you look around and wonder, could somebody help me? Proverbs will say, there's only one who can. He is the founder of the world. Every atom of your ship was founded on his wisdom. Every part of your life and story and setting was his idea. God alone has the wisdom you need to succeed in your life today. And God says, if you call out for insight, if you raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver, if you search for it like hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. For the Lord gives wisdom. These are our two steps, how to get on the path. I don't know. But God knows. Don't lean on my understanding. Trust the Lord. So what is wisdom? Wisdom is a path. You can walk in your daily life, one of many, among the simple, the foolish, and the scoffers. What's the end of the path? The tree of life. Long, full, pleasant, peaceful existence in this life. Where's the beginning? It's the fear of the Lord. I don't know how to handle my life, but God, you do. I'm going to cry out to you. So coming up in the series, we're going to have some sermons on various topics from Proverbs specifically, how to handle our words, our wounds, our work, our money, our decision-making, our families. And also, three sermons on wisdom for the simple, 
Wisdom for the fool, wisdom for the scoffer. Um, so get excited about that. I'm excited. Uh, let me pray for us. Father, um, we need your wisdom desperately in our lives. There's some places where I'm sure many of us feel it, that we need, we need you. We're experiencing a lot of pain, a lot of heartache. And there's also a lot of places where we feel like we've got everything under control, Lord, and you know how badly we need you there, too. Lord, would you give us a good sense this week of the fear of the Lord? Help us understand how little we really understand about this world. Uh, help us to see and feel our inability to sail our own ships. Lord, help us to get a sense of just how much you know about every detail of our lives. Give us a sense of how wise you are, Lord. And I pray that, Lord, we can come back next week feeling hungry, thirsty, to soak in your wisdom. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.